0: It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member of In depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor.
1: And welcome in to a post-game edition of Fourth Down in the Steel City. The Steelers fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars 20 to 10. And man, is there a lot to unpack from this one. It feels like we say this every week now, Josh, but yes, we got a lot every week. This is this is like Thanksgiving dinner when grandma's got every single burner on the stove going, stuff in the microwave, something down in the broiler. It's all going at once. And that's how much we got cooking right now to talk about with this team. As always, we appreciate you being a part of it, of course, on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts, inside your Odyssey app or however you get Like I said, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, we don't care how you get it. Just be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast so you get the latest episodes as soon as they are ready. Much like you got this one, right? Again, we appreciate it. Feel free to leave uh, comments and feedback, rate and review, all that happy stuff. We appreciate it. Josh, where do we start with this one? I will start here, and then we'll kind of filter our way out from here. I hate, 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 hate. Haters ball hate. Hate, 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 hate. Oh, man. We can't be Uh, firing. Okay. Yep, 90 seconds in, Chappelle Show Reference. Hey, 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 hey. Complaining about officiating in the NFL. But man, it it may have cost them it may have cost them something today. They end up losing by 10, but it was a 6-point swing in the second quarter between the calls made and not made on roughing the passer plays and then a really awful offsides call on a 55-yard field goal attempt by Chris Boswell. That was good but was brought back five yards, five and a half, I guess, somehow to 61 to which caused Mike Tomlin to ask the side judge something along the lines of what the f- is wrong with y'all today. Um, and I need that on, the shirt. <laughs> yeah, I need the on a shirt.
2: That's the question. I'm wearing what? that like a lot of days when I go to work.
1: I, I hate complaining about officiating, but it cost them something here today. I don't know if it totally cost them the game because they forced three turnovers before Jacksonville got one out of them and got one out of their backup quarterback, uh, much less any others. But it, th- that's tough to withstand. And, and Deontay Johnson mentioned it post-game. He's going to see some envelopes from the league office later oh, this yeah, week. He's
2: getting multiple.
1: Yeah. Um, he implied that maybe the refs made some side money on this thing, uh, which, look, well, you know, I hate all the time. I used to have an uncle who every single week, oh it's all rigged you know that right it's rigged they know who they want to win and I just sit there and smile okay Mm -hmm. yep but man this is the kind of game that adds fuel to those people's fire this was terrible
2: I said this during black and gold post game on 93.7 the fan I said I am not one of those people who sits around with the tinfoil hats on and believes the conspiracies there were a couple people that called in and said look you know with this, this new relaxed approach toward gambling, it makes a lot of sense that stuff like this is possible. I'm sitting there going, look, I'm not one of those people that buys into that. No. But you can't deny that the people who believe that have a lot more ammunition to work with now after this game. We just gave them a lot of empirical and anecdotal evidence to prove that what they're thinking might be true. Because <laughs> there's some stuff on there that's just unexplainable.
1: The two biggest calls and the only ones that really I'm going to harp on are the ones I mentioned already. The Keanu Neal roughing the passer on Trevor Lawrence, but then we don't get the same thing in kind on Kenny Pickett, despite the fact that that actually was body weight landing on the quarterback.
0: And that
2: hit came later. Yeah. And it
1: came later. Yes. And Keanu Neal did everything he could, you know, arms outstretched kind of to try, kind of catch himself in the plank position uh, almost as he came down on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, as opposed to the one on Kenny Pickett, which really was body weight, and to your point, much later. You've got those ones, which, okay, the one against Keon O'Neill keeps a drive alive, gets Jacksonville deep into Steeler territory, turns into three points. Mm -hmm. The one on Kenny Pickett not only costs them their starting quarterback for the rest of the game, and who knows how many more games, I would think at least one, because I can't see Pickett being back Thursday night against the Titans, Um, but it also costs them... What would have been field position at that point would have turned it into a 40-yard field goal, I believe. 40-yard field goal for Chris Boswell. So that even if you take the stupid offsides call, call on Isaac Sayamalu, which is the other call to complain about here, you'd still have a makeable 45-yard field goal.
2: But here's the thing. If they call the hit on Kenny Pickett the same way they called the hit on Trevor Lawrence, you're talking 15 yards on an automatic first down. Mm-hmm. The field goal might come off the table. Right. You might have a shot or two at the end zone.
1: And the way it the offense was moving everything. at that point, like the offensive numbers, I, I want to be real clear because we're all going to spend at least the next three and a half days arguing about the offense and whose fault it is some more. Oh, so we'll, offense, we'll
2: spend the next four days, including the day of and including <laughs> and through the game. And then we'll yes. be right back here doing the post game show on Thursday Argued night. Arguing about talking it again. About the Same thing yeah.
1: again. I mean, the numbers are bad. 261 net total yards of offense bad um the rushing game the run game never got started i mean no it never really found its legs what 13 for 7 jalen 19 for 5 at one point uh, mitch trubisky was the leading rusher for them in this game he had 18 um typically though if your backup quarterback is the leading rusher for you at any point in your game it's probably not just not good, but an indictment of your offensive line for multiple reasons, which includes your starting quarterback getting knocked out of the game and your backup being the only one who's finding any room to run. Um, so I want to be clear. The numbers on the offensive side, 3 of 12 on third downs, all that stuff stacks up to say, man, here we go. Fire Canada. Kenny sucks. All the same stuff that people stand on either side of the aisle and argue about every single week. But I will maintain that neither Matt Canada nor Kenny Pickett is a primary reason this team looks so awful on offense today, Josh.
2: Matt Canada was not the one who dropped a sure pass Mm. down the middle of the field for a potential big gain on the first play from scrimmage. Matt Canada's not the one that dropped it. He's the one that probably called it, but he's not the one who dropped it.
1: And and Kenny
2: Pickett's the one who threw it. Kenny Pickett's the one who threw it. Matt Canada is not the one who fell on another drive the next time they had the ball and they went three and out. Deontay Johnson was the one who fell. Matt Canada wasn't the one who fell. Then there's a drive after that, where honestly, and this is where where I really don't blame anybody because Matt Canada, I think, made a good play call. I thought Kenny Pickett made a pretty nice throw to George Pickens, but give Jacksonville credit. A defender made a really good play and deflected the ball and George Pickens couldn't pull it in. That was just, that was everything working together. And believe, sometimes, folks, you have to explain to some people. Sometimes you will do everything right.
1: And there's another and team it out there. Still
2: won't work because the other team can still and they're allowed to and they're trying to mm. stop you. And some I don't like this. And sometimes, believe it or not, they even succeed.
1: Nah. I don't like that. That doesn't that doesn't it. Josh, it does not fit into any of my pre pre prefabbed narratives.
2: It's a okay. weird concept. I know. I, j- I just learned this maybe, like, a couple weeks ago watching
1: another team play.
2: <laughs> and it blew my mind. But it <laughs> actually happens from time to time.
1: But, so so here's the thing, though. Like, to go back to the officiating. Like, this is the kind of stuff that... And, and you know, conspiracy theories aside and tinfoil hats and all that, this is the kind of game that I'll be able to legitimately look back on. And there's probably one every year or two that you can legitimately look back on and say, man, if they just get those two calls, right. Or three calls, right. Maybe this game's totally different. And this is going to be one that we're going to look back on and say, regardless of how things turn out at the end of the season, it's hard to argue against those two calls in particular, changing the entire game. Because if we're going into halftime, um, or three calls, I guess I should say, with the the non-call on Kenny Pickett included. So two roughing the passers, one was called, one wasn't, and the offsides on Sayamalu. Those three calls or non-calls are a six-point swing.
2: Can we can we drop the the um, pass interference call on James Pierre
1: oh, on the one drive yeah. that Jackson that's a, got? That's Not a perfect think, that's a perfect pass breakup. That's I think perfect. that
2: led to three points too. That probably
1: leads. You, you know what? That's a great call. So now we're easily talking about a six-point swing, right? Mm-hmm. In a game that, until the very end, was within a possession. Uh, we're, we're talking about a nine-point swing, if you include that one, because that got Jacksonville, that sustained a Jacksonville drive and got it into field goal territory. The, yep, it was the, their it, first scoring drive.
2: Third and yep. seven at the 50. Uh, Lawrence is looking for Ridley, and they got Pierre for pass interference.
1: And that is his perfect and breakup. That was
2: a 17-yard spot foul.
1: Oh my God. So there you go. Um, I I hate to harp on officiating. I do, but it's real hard to argue against it having an enormous impact on Sunday's game and being a large part of why the Steelers, despite only putting up 261 total net yards of offense and despite turning the opposition over three times before they were able to turn their backup quarterback over three times, it's a big reason why the Steelers end up losing to Jacksonville 20 to 10 today. Um, it's
2: it. What, what did what did Chuck Knoll say that they're, it, it, they're, their problems are great and they are many? Yeah, this was one of them, and it was great. It was a huge thing to overcome. I I, I talked about this during the post game show. Um, I was driving during halftime. I drove from my house to the station to get ready for the mm-hmm. post game show. So I'm listening to the Steelers broadcast, and you're starting the second half. And Max Starks, my my, my doppelganger. Max Starks <laughs> is uh, down on the field for the radio broadcast, and he's talking about the second half. He says, Look, the Steelers are going to have to not only, and, and he's trying to be very respectful and nice about this while criticizing yeah. referees. He goes, The Steelers aren't going to have to just overcome, you know, the Jaguars are going to have to overcome the, um what, what do he say, like jerseys with non color affiliations.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. or the, no, he said, The people with the non jersey colored affiliations. <laughs> I I laughed. I laughed the hardest I laughed the whole day. Yeah. He
1: he wasn't wrong.
2: uh, He said it as as subtle as he could while people figured out what he meant. But he wasn't wrong. He was not wrong. It – there were a couple calls that make that first half a lot more palatable. I, I honestly believe that first scoring draft for Jacksonville doesn't happen. They're punting the ball instead of getting you know, first down on Pittsburgh's yep. 33-yard line and being immediately in field goal range. I think that changes. Maybe we're not looking at a 3 nothing game. It's There's so much that kind of stacks up, and it does create kind of a, a domino effect.
1: Well, and here's the, the part that makes it difficult. I guess not difficult, but the part that I think... It will probably cause some people to get get it lost in the sauce that Deontay Johnson early on in this game was a key component to the offense's lack of success was the fact that Deontay came back and had the rest of the game a really solid Deontay Johnson-esque game. Eight catches for 85 yards. You know, Bunch again, of targets. Bunch of targets, like 14 compared to George Pickens' five. But again, I'm not going to contradict myself as... As I said a couple of weeks ago, if this is what you have to do to get Deontay Johnson into the flow of a game and George Pickens is being covered really well out there, then this is what you got to do. I don't it's a like it. Good consolation, press Exactly. Until he starts dropping footballs and slipping in the end zone. And then you're reminded of why Deontay Johnson, in my opinion anyway, is a very good wide receiver too. He's not quite... A, a, an upper echelon wide receiver one. He's just not a guy you can throw the game plan on his shoulders and say we're going to target him 14 times he's going to come down with 11 or 12 of them he's going to score a couple of touchdowns and if he just holds on to a couple of footballs today Josh that's what happens. He's got like 120, 130 yard day with a couple of scores and 11 or 12 catches. Instead Deontay has a very Deontay Johnson like I said, like line 8 catches, 85 yards but no TDs
2: I, I cannot – I was trying to imagine in my head what would have happened if he hangs on to just that first pass attempt. Totally he hangs to. on that first pass attempt. At Kenny Pickett put it where no one else can get to it? Mm-hmm. He put it where Deontay could catch it and he could take it and go. He had space. He had time to haul it in and get his feet set and go. All he had to do, if he catches that one pass – we're probably talking about an entirely different sequence of events. Yeah. After that, that pass is caught. I know Greg. Greg Finley, our producer, is a fan of the MCU as much as I as much as I am. Catching that ball in first down would have been its own nexus event, and it oh, would have changed the
1: entire fortune of that first quarter. It's Biff Tannen with the Sports Almanac. I mean, it's totally different timeline, man. So... Loki season
2: two on Disney Plus. <laughs> We're not getting paid for that. Sorry.
1: No. Sorry, or or just Sorry. or just or just back to the future. For for those of you older, you know, like hey, just go back and watch the Back to the Future series and you understand the alternate timeline. Any time travel show ever. And You're welcome, the JVX. Show- Yes, we're here for you. Here's your show. Um hey, 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 hey. Anyway, um I uh so this is all this all adds up to why I have Deontay dropping footballs early or failing to catch them, if not necessarily out-and-out dropping them, failing to catch them, um, including the slip and fall in the end zone. Which, by the way, Mm. speaking of alternate timelines, let's go off on a side path here, and and we'll we'll come back around to the main drag when we get there. I I understand players love grass. I'm totally with it. If I had to play on this stuff, I would want to play on grass too. It's why when we played turkey bowls when we were kids we would play on a big muddy grass field somewhere and people wouldn't regularly get hurt you didn't see a lot of non-contact injuries at overlook park in Whitehall, like you or uh, up behind uh you know st albert's there was a big field in north bottom we go play football there we tackle each other as hard as we could and guess what people didn't really get hurt all that often maybe you'd you'd get the wind knocked out of you and that was the worst that happened it was grandma's backyard for us and see there you go so we all had our spots, but they were grass, right? I totally get it. Nobody's blowing an ACL like OBJ in the Super Bowl on grass. But this is getting, like, you can have a grass field that doesn't look the way Heinz Field, I'm not going to call it Akersher, looks outside the numbers right now. Like, outside the numbers right now, that looks like like my backyard. Like, it's not good. It's It's chewed up. It's they, Now, they re the middle between the numbers, and that looked serviceable, but, like, every year... It's a year, different color. <laughs> it's a different color, but, hey, you know, it's fashionable as long as it's symmetrical. It's like it, so it's, striped on the middle.
0: Yeah. It's like it's a mohawk.
1: Just, it's bad, man. Like, guys are slipping and falling every week. This is tw- at least tw- twice now I can think mm-hmm. where the Steelers have come out and not been prepared for the conditions on their own field, Josh. And they on came their out own field. Up on it. Right. Why do you not have, as I heard, Evan Washburn, or not Evan Washburn, maybe it was Tom Pellicero on NFL Network. Somebody in one of the pregame shows said he asked the players about the footing because of the rain and because Heinz Field, not going to call it Acresher, sure, is notorious for this. He asked them about the footing, and somebody responded, you got to have the seven studs on today, otherwise you're screwed. If you didn't have the big daddy spikes on Sunday you weren't doing what was necessary to properly play football on that surface. I I don't understand why this is still a problem for an NFL team at at this rate that plays in these conditions every week.
2: Especially when the other team didn't seem to have as many problems with it. They seem to make cuts just fine. They seem to accelerate just fine. They seem to elude defenders just fine. Yes, Patrick Peterson, I'm talking about you. Because Evan Ingram seemed, seemed to elude him just fine without slipping and falling when he got oh, him in open field. And Pat P didn't lay a hand on him. So apparently we get, Evan Ingram's cleats were all right.
1: We got to have a talk about Pat P later. But I digress. <laughs> Go ahead. Finish the tarp rant.
2: But but it's just... And this isn't the first time this has happened. Also, we talked about it. this isn't the first time the Steelers have had issues. But it's also not the first time the other team hasn't had issues. They seem to adapt just fine. And my thing is, if you can't adapt better than the other team on your own field, it's no longer the other team's fault. Right. It's no longer anyone else's fault.
1: It's your fault. And it, you and you can blame it on the rain and the grass all you want. This organization has is called Is that another Gen X on... reference? It wasn't, but I'll accept it. We'll accept it, yeah. Judges? You... They'll allow it. We'll all right. accept. They'll allow it. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, you can, you can blame it on the rain. Yeah. Yeah. All you want. You can blame it on the, uh, on the stars that shine above. He didn't
2: even lip sync that. (laughs) If you you, know, you know,
1: you know, Um, but this has been their home field for 22 years and it's been upgraded. Like, like this isn't Steelers dolphins, a punt plugging in the mud. Ooh, In 2006 or seven, or whatever it was, I think it was 2004. Um, I think it was Ben's rookie year. Oh, wow, was thinking. it that long ago? Yeah. Okay, so but they, they've done tons of upgrades to it, you know. Credit to them for trying, it's still not good enough, and, and the team not catching on is not good enough. Okay, we're, we're off that, we, we're back on the main road, we're off the HOV lane, we are back on 279, <laughs> headed south because that's apparently where this offense is headed. And look, I can again. I can, I can blame it on the rain, but I won't. Um, I can blame it on picking in Canada. If, if you guys want to do that, by all means, go ahead. Blame it on picking in Canada. I'm not here for the easy narratives anymore. Yeah, j- j- there is, <laughs> that, that is, is some fruit, low low hanging fruit, man. Right, you didn't right have there to there even was... reach up for that; it was right there. there it was like go. eye level. I, did anybody watch the offensive line today? That's gonna be. Oh my, my, my gosh. First
2: I, I, got, I had this discussion during the post-game show. I said, I don't care what play you call. I don't care who's on the field. If you can't block it up,
1: it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you call. It doesn't matter.
2: And I had people doing the normal Najee Harris complaints and then the normal, you got to start this guy over this guy. And I'm sitting there going, look, neither of them got a lot of space today. I think each of the them probably longest, had one run where they had space to run through.
1: The longest run by a running back today was eight yards. That was that one Jalen Warren run. That's one. it. One, who's winning the game that way? Nobody, nobody. This and 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 Kenny Pickett was once again, you know, the pass protection was only slightly less awful. um, But Kenny Pickett takes takes it. Yeah, Kenny Pickett takes a hit to that knocks him out of the game. You can argue about whether it was legal and should have been flagged or not, but he still took the hit. Um, He looked better climbing the pocket once or twice. Yes, did it a Um, couple times. But but here's the thing it still wasn't good enough. If you're going to build your offense around being able to run the ball and not even being able to run the ball well. Just just it just what's the word I'm searching for? It does just yeah. Mediocre threat.
2: Like just create the threat of running the ball. Yeah. Just be be mediocre mediocre
1: at running the ball. Serviceable. Be average. Yeah, that, we're not asking for much. Just no. do better than 70 yards on 18 carries. Um, they can't do it. They, 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 I don't care if it's Chooks on one side and Dan Moore on the other. They're bringing in Broderick Jones as an extra tackle eligible now, which is a joke. Can we um, talk about
2: that too, please?
1: And, and while we talk about it, I want to talk about it in tandem with the fact that I don't have snap counts yet. They'll be out uh, probably shortly after we're done recording this, actually. Um, but Darnell Washington barely saw the field, uh, which is just coaching malpractice because I don't care if you're looking to establish a run game or looking for another target in the pass game for Kenny Pickett, Darnell Washington serves both of those purposes with your starting tight end out. Instead, we're trying to run little inside, uh, tosses to the backup type, uh, to Connor Hayward. I I don't, yeah, let's talk about the, the use of Broderick Jones as a tackle eligible and forgetting that Darnell Washington exists.
2: You just talked about how there was so much rain and the conditions on the field and how all of that was kind of the backdrop for all of this. Then you have a tackle that you drafted in the first round that you traded up to get a two-time national champion at the college level who faced, and not an exaggeration, literally a handful of the best edge rushers the college game had seen
0: mm-hmm. in
2: the past couple years, just in practice, not counting the additional ones he had seen, like the Will Andersons of the War from Alabama, right. in games. He's seen those guys thrown at him. And you have this guy on your team. He started one game because somebody got hurt, and you barely heard his name the whole game when he started. You have this guy Hmm. on your roster, in uniform, on the bench, and he is relegated to being Chris. He's relegated. To being Zach Banner, yeah, we took a first round pick that this team traded up for. They took him yeah. and turned him into Zach Banner.
1: Now this this is where what? I will I, this is where I will get on board with if you want to criticize Matt Canada and the coaching staff, this is where I will totally jump on board. This, I'm, not, I'm
2: driving it. I'm driving the wagon. Yeah, okay.
1: And I'm going to, I'm going to stand losers, up there. Sure
2: we're, we're supporting Broderick Jones.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to stand up there next to you while you drive this bus, Sandra Bullock, and I'm going to make sure we jump That's over that run. hole in the highway. And I will stand there and make funny faces like Keanu Reeves. When Dennis Hopper calls me on the phone, so I will do all camp. of that. Okay. I will do all of that. Because this is outlandish at this point. Like I said, it's coaching malpractice that Jones is not starting at left tackle. Do whatever you want to do with Dan Moore at that point. Move him over to the right side. Uh, Make him the tackle eligible. You you can have your Kendrick Green fun and make him a fullback. I don't really give a crap at this point. Overload the line. Yeah. Saw the Ravens do that exceedingly well today against Arizona against arizona a team that you shouldn't well you you think well you don't have to overload the line to run against the cardinals they're the cardinals guess what the ravens did in the red zone Um, um, they overloaded the line and guess what gus edwards walked into the end zone it's it's not a bad idea but Broderick jones should be the starter in that situation and dan moore can be the tackle eligible and darnell washington should be out there so you don't even need to bring in a tackle eligible to overload the line anyway
2: (laughs) that's the whole point Because I (laughs) knocked the wire out of my headphones. Support. Stupidest thing. Like, uh, as I get myself connected back up here. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Headphones all knocked off balance. I'm all
1: discombobulated. (laughs) (sighs) But this is where I'll get behind Matt Canada criticism. Personnel wise, absolutely. Um, Not, again, leaning into the trap game uh, in the run. And, you know there are plenty of issues to talk about. Not if you were to talk about not diversifying route concepts, right? And, and there was there were valid points made by people coming at me on social media after the game, like, "Well, how are you going to just send three guys deep downfield and all you got is one guy left for the checkdown? Of course, they're going to cover the deep part of the field late in the game, and he's the quarterback's going to have to take the checkdown. Fair, fair. I'll, I'll, I'll accept. Fair. I'll take all all valid points." But but you also have to protect your
2: quarterback, so he has time to reach the checkdown. That's probably why, because you couldn't trust your line to protect him. So I'll,
1: I'll take probably all. Why. I'll will t- take all these these criticisms. These criticisms of Matt Canada are fair. These criticisms of the coaching staff and whoever's making those personnel decisions, fair. Um. But but man, I, I just I I can't get past the fact that the biggest problems with this offense today were the five guys up front and
2: it was a I, source of it for me they never I, I, got they never got push in the run game they could not protect either quarterback when they were in the game well enough uh, to the point where even Mitch Trubisky had to pull the Kenny Pickett spin out to the left yep. and roll out and try to make a play it, and how he managed to do that and move around and avoid the rush for four seconds longer <laughs> and still throw it to a person that wasn't wearing a white jersey he threw that ball and like my heart stopped i'm like oh god <laughs> Somewhere out of nowhere, Deontay yeah. Johnson comes up and catches it.
1: It was eerily it reminiscent. Yeah, it was eerily reminiscent of the fourth quarter in overtime against Cincinnati Week One last year. Oh, Remember where he was God. just like running all over the place, flinging the ball downfield? It reminded me of that. And then, and then, well, Mitch, the real Mitch Trubisky, uh, stood up, uh, and so that Mitch Trubisky ended from
2: up, a Week Eleven of last year against Baltimore. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that, got that guy.
1: That guy showed up, yep. um, but the, the, the fixes for this offense, uh, look, yes, there are, like you said, the, the great Chuck Knoll quote, they have issues and they are many, or they have deficiencies or whatever you want to call them, and they are many. Um, you can include Matt Canada's uh, personnel decisions and some some concepts and schemes, sure. Um, you, you can find some problems, I guess, with Kenny Pickett. I didn't think there were really many today. If no, at all. I
2: didn't think there were that many either. I thought he but, was really harried and and yeah. I thought he was really hurried and his, his clock was kind of sped up because look, he wasn't we, getting a lot of protection.
1: We knew the Jacksonville defense was going to do this. We we, we knew they were gonna, gonna be effective in the middle of the defense at stuffing the run and taking away the middle of the field. They actually struggled with taking away the middle of the field a couple of times. Deontay Johnson just didn't come down with the ball. They really um, did. We knew they had two great edge rushers, right? We knew. They were going to bring Allen and Walker, and, and from the very get-go, they did that, and those guys were able to make plays and speed things up for Pickett. But it just it comes back to the O-line for me. And it, you can chant Fire Canada, and Kenny sucks, and you can be on either side of that conversation all you want. Kenny Pickett, it, Matt Canada's probably not the right offensive coordinator for this team. I'm not going out on a limb saying that. Kenny Pickett probably isn't a franchise quarterback. I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying that either, but but today, today in this instance in the Jacksonville game, neither of those guys was a big problem for me.
2: Neither of them are are high up on my list as to why this game didn't go the way it should. They may not even be in the top five. And you can call me what you want. I haven't heard it all anyway, but that's beside the point. It, it's for just me. This is me personally talking. And I'm going to keep coming back to this because it's going to be a source of my ultimate frustration. And thank God I saw my barber on Friday, so you can't see the gray hair. (laughs) Shout out to Crystal Barber. Anyway, um, the thing that's going to keep coming back for me, and I talked about this on Black and Gold postgame, it would be different if we were talking about a scenario where, let's say you had the same offensive line from last season. Let's say you still had Kevin Dotson. Let, let's say you still had that group and not much else. Let's let's say you hadn't drafted Broderick Jones. Let's just say you had that group in last year and nothing much had changed. You see what you see today, and you're probably not even that surprised because it wasn't that great last year. But the problem is they knew it wasn't great last year, and they knew why it wasn't great last year, and they took steps to try and fix what didn't work last year. Now the one thing they did that actually followed through on was they signed Isaac Saomalu and they made him a starter and they signed Nate Herbig and made him a backup but when he had a chance to fill in he filled in quite admirably so I can't argue with Nate Herbig he did his job. But then you have a chance to actually finish the process and totally revamp that line and for no other reason than because you told us this is what you wanted to do. They told us they wanted to have a more physical presence. They told us they wanted to be bigger and stronger and tougher up front. They told us they wanted to have a a group of full of a group of bullies up front, whether it was the offensive and defensive lines. This is what they told us. This is not something you and I came up with. Nope. This is not a theory either of us had if this is not something a particular show on our station has beaten into the ground for more than a year, it's not one of those things. Pause. <laughs> this is one of this is something that they, the organization themselves told us they wanted to do. This was their thing. This yep. was their idea. It was a it was a wish of mine. It was something I wanted. It's something I've been calling for for about three years. But they were the ones that told us, this is what we're going to do.
1: Where is it? It's, I haven't seen it. We, Sayamalu clearly you has... Clearly
2: because we're talking about
1: what, it. Other than maybe one game, and I'm trying to think. Uh, the second
2: it? half of the Rams game, we saw some seeds planted. The second yeah. half of the Houston game, before Kenny Pickett got hurt. Basically, the third quarter against Houston the seeds were planted. There were some spots here and there against Vegas where the seeds were planted.
1: But But it has not not bloomed yet. Other than that, Isaac Samalu's been a big disappointment for me. He has. And the rest of the line, as you point out, is the same. It's the same four guys in the same four spots doing the same things as they were doing last year. Other than when in some of those instances, as you point out, They started, and and we've talked about trap game and gap blocking versus zone blocking where they try to stretch it to the sideline. Go look up the concepts on Google. If you're a casual fan, we appreciate you being here. We're not going to try and talk over your head. But when they run inside and run a trap game, it works uh, infinitely better than when they try to run zone blocking to the side.
2: Oh, yeah. By the way, by the way, Mm -hmm. the Jaguars were doing that. They were doing it and doing it quite efficiently. And I also might add, they were running away from T.J. Watt's side of the field.
1: They were capitalizing. I noticed this after you pointed it out. After you pointed out that they were running away from T.J., play after play after play after play, it clicked in my head. And I I think maybe the very next play I watched him, Alex Highsmith overpursued. And just got, not pancaked, but just pushed to the ground by an offensive tackle in the backfield when they ran a trap to the, the guard side on Highsmith's side of the line. Mm-hmm. And it was a very simple, you know, as we would have called it in like middle school, it was a very simple, like 33 counter, counter 33. However, the yeah. nomenclature came up with it. It was the guard hole on the second hole on the left side of the line. And we're going to hand it to the tailback everybody's going to come crashing in from that side especially that edge rusher who we know is going to be aggressive because he wants to make plays because the defense has to make plays in order for this team to win games he's going to really crash do. down we're going to we're going to push him to the side let him over pursue the play and we're going to have a nice big fat hole right there in the 3 gap and that's exactly what worked and so to flip it to the other side of the ball this works a natural segue by the man who's learned at the 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 side of one of the great Segway masters and Bob Pompiani, one uh, of the greatest Segway. We'll talk about that. Um, the man's to so, go for he's the go for a reason <laughs> for a reason. I, yes, uh, Highsmith's aggressiveness they clearly used against him. They also identified that this game was not going to necessarily be. And look, they found out about the injuries in the secondary for the Steelers probably a little too late to game plan for it. Mm -hmm. Um, but clearly they decided, well, we don't have to lean in on throwing the ball to Ridley and Kirk over and over and over again. We have ATN and ETN can pretty much do it all. And he did do it all. He ran effectively, as you pointed out, and they were able to line him up on the perimeter. And in the play that changed the game you saw the absence of Minka Fitzpatrick called into relief because mm. Minka Fitzpatrick does not do what the KZ did there and blow a coverage to try and make a play that can't be made. And he hangs Joey Porter Jr. out to dry. And so you see two, four chasing number one down the sidelines and into the end zone. And anybody who just casually watches the highlights will go, Oh, look at PZ's kid getting burned. You guys wanted him to play and he played and he got burned. No, he didn't. No. He, he sat he on didn't. the he sat on the flat route like he was supposed to, and instead KZ blew the whole thing up.
2: He he sat he 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 leveraged. Matter of fact, it looked I like what he did pre-stap, because it looked like he was looked like he was showing outside leverage. Then mm-hmm. when the snap came he turned his hips and inside leveraged him and sat down in the flat route. And let ATN come on the inside shoulder.
1: Basically, using his leverage to to push ATN outside. Yeah.
2: Use use his leverage to kind of push him back and easily. That's how I knew he was passing him off to the safety because Mm -hmm. he rotated his hips and then leveraged them inside for him to come pass on his inside shoulder. I'm like, okay, he's handing him off. Yeah. And then you see this blur that was DeMonte Casey come through the camera before the ball get to nothing, go through the shot, and disappear, and there's nothing left but Travis Etienne running by himself. And I'm going, wait, did he, was there a false start? Did he get out of the block too fast? I, I understand the concept of DeMonte KZ maybe sitting back in that coverage as a safety and seeing the ball and saying, okay, I need to go make a play. But the problem is, he was too early. And I he- I've heard a couple different people say this. It might have been even Ike Taylor that said it. He said, if you're going to miss, miss late. Because if you miss late, you can you still make a tackle. Yeah. If you miss early, you're ahead of everything, and they're behind you, and they're gone.
1: Yeah. I yeah,
2: want to say it was Ike Taylor that said that before. A- but a- I, might, I might be misquoting.
1: ATN could have run to Cranberry. Nobody was going to catch him. He was gone at that point. He could have um, been the
2: HOV by himself.
1: Exactly. And... That is why this absence of Minka Fitzpatrick's, regardless of how long it is. And again, much like Pickett, I can't I can't foresee Fitzpatrick getting back by Thursday after the way he went off the field and immediately went down the steps. And that was that uh, immediately ruled out. Um, he knew it was a hamstring. Uh, Pat Pete walked over to him and I you can't read lips through face masks from that from that camera angle. But I'm pretty sure he said something like, is it the hammy? and Minka just nodded his head, and Pat Pete threw his arms up like, oh, no. And He knew. He knew. He knew what we all knew. Nobody's Minka. Nobody's Minka. Arguably the best safety in the game, and he's not – if you're Demonte KZ, look, man, I love the idea of you trying to make a play. That's great. But we are locked in a tight battle where somehow we're still in this thing despite losing our starting safety, losing our starting quarterback, not being able to convert better of twenty five percent third third downs, we're a disaster right now. I don't need you to make the plays. Let ninety make the plays, okay? Let fifty six make the plays, please. Just sit back and make the tackles. And when you're on one half of the field in a cover two, don't let anybody get behind you. And this that's, is going to be a the problem. Basic I, I'm not breaking any news here. KZ, KZ, and Neil are not Minka Fitzpatrick. They're not. So I don't know how you fix that. I don't think they'll try to do anything. Thursday night, we're going to see the same team out there that we saw today, other than injuries, because that's that's every NFL team's mo. But also, Mike Tomlin's—he's going to just roll the same team right back out there three days later.
2: I got—I got an idea. I don't know if you can fix it, but I got an idea of what you can do in, in spite of it. Okay. What if you try George Pickens' hope defense idea? <laughs>
1: Jacksonville didn't seem
2: to need it, so maybe the Steelers can just borrow it.
1: They, uh, they took note of that, didn't they? They, they sure did. They had they plenty sure to say did. about it post game.
2: Oh yes, they did. Ah. Yes, they did. I didn't even, I didn't even get into the hope defense comment. I really didn't have time because there were so many no. phone coming in. Yeah. yeah but, no, oh no. boy. So the, this, this is this, this is a lesson they don't need to keep learning. This team keeps learning this lesson because so, well, apparently gonna, Pat P should learn this lesson and he he did the same thing. So before, I, before the San Francisco game. They keep they keep having to learn this lesson. And no one's picking up on it.
1: How? I, this is a side road I want to take. Another side road I want to take. Because I want to come back to Pat Pete and his role in this defense going forward. Because I have an idea. I don't think it'll be any better than what we saw in the second half today. But I have an idea anyway. And I'll throw it out there. And you can tell me how it still doesn't make any sense. And we can cry in our beers about it. Um, why? What, like, so, not why. Because... Uh, That's not the issue. Not why. I guess I I heard it said by Ben Roethlisberger on Tuesday. And look, we all know sometimes Ben just says stuff just to say stuff. We all know that. He's been doing that for 20 years. And I'm totally comfortable with when he says something just to say something, recognizing it for what it is as such. Right. He said something, though, on Tuesday in his podcast about trying to corral this stuff with George Pickens. And he was talking specifically about the personal foul he took last week and, try, and just trying to get him to cool it with that stuff. And that's on the field on game day. But look, if anybody knows what it's like to watch a guy go from one lane, hardworking out to get a dub at any and all cost wide receiver to pardon my French batch crazy. Um, Ben Roethlisberger was there with a first row seat for Antonio Brown for eight years. And I, he says a lot of stuff just to say it, Josh, Ben does, but this might be something where I actually take a step back and go, oh man, I hate to do this, but I might have to give Ben credit here. He's making a, he's making a pretty damn good point.
2: He, he, he saw this up close. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know what this is? This, some people aren't going to like this reference. This is when you're in college. And you meet that one girl that you think you're crazy about, and you introduce her to your friends, and your your boy has to pull your coat and go, bro. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, she 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 out there. She
2: crazy, like, and, but they very notching a lot, and they're just like mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> when, when, when the guy. Who played with the dude that stripped on the field and walked off. Mm -hmm. When you have the guy who played with that guy for almost a decade and that guy's telling you, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." (laughs)
1: listen, he might have a decent perspective on the thing. He he
2: might, he might be trying to
1: help you out. That's, that's
2: all I'm saying. But I mean, experience is the best teacher.
1: (laughs) Yes. You you make the point, though. Like the on field stuff, like, look, catching a dude with a blindside block that, in our opinion, wasn't really a blindside block and shouldn't have been penalized. That's football. Jawing about it 25 minutes, 25 game minutes later, or whatever it was, is starting to lose the point of why we're here doing what we're doing. And then the following week, not taking a step back and gaining some awareness from the whole situation, but instead now talking off the field about the opposition defense, which like we talked about is actually pretty damn good. Turning people over more than any other team in the league.
2: And you're facing them for the first time.
1: Yes. You might want to stop before you flap the gums. And this is, this is something I know Mike Tomlin likes to let guys find their own way. And he doesn't want to, it might be time to, and it doesn't have to be some crazy come to Jesus talk. He doesn't nope. have to call him to the principal's office. All he's got to do is throw an arm around him at practice one day. Be like, GP, listen, I, I get it. I know what you were trying to say. And I know it's just, you, you, you're confident, man. I get it. You're confident. You should be confident. You're one of the best young wide receivers in the game. But Listen, I don't need you. Stirring up the opposition defense. I don't need you throwing red meat in that cage full of dogs. And they're hungry, man. I don't need you doing that. So stop doing it. I I got two separate Mike Tomlin incidents
2: that have already occurred that he could have done. One is the easy one. One is, remember way back when Marquise Pouncey drew a penalty during a two-minute warning? Yes. Doing two How many, minute why drill? has
1: that been showing up on social media so much lately? I, I don't, don't know, know why, but, but it's a great... I know what, exactly what you're talking about.
2: But it needs to be seen more often. He's like, yeah. look, he's like, we're out here in the two-minute. You're out here drawing penalties. It's, it's about the team. Yep, That would be a good time to have that conversation. Then there's another one that's a little bit subtle. Maybe a little bit more public, but probably just as effective. Remember when Mike Tomlin... Had that tweet for D'Angelo Williams, quit while you're behind. <laughs> yes now's a good time for that. <laughs> quit. quit while you're behind. Yeah, you know what DAngelo Williams did after that. He shut up. Uh-huh. He stopped. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that might be the thing. that yeah. that might be it.
1: Well, so saying, it's got to be addressed, I think, because it's not the reason they does. lost. It's not the reason they lost. No. Uh, but I don't need you. I don't need you throwing red meat in the cage full of the pit bulls that have been sniffing gunpowder all night. Like, I don't need you doing it. I just don't. And that was a good defense that came in here. And you just riled them all up. And they weren't. And to be quite honest, while they were limiting your offense to a, to, to a good extent in the first half, you guys still, you had them where you could come back and win the game yeah. until your quarterback got hurt.
2: And and, you, and your, your compatriot was lighting him up. Eight yeah. catches, 80-plus yards. He was doing his thing. And then eventually, Pickens himself pulls off that cyborg of a hurdle play, 22-yard oh catch for a touchdown. I'm like this is why you draft that guy. Cause he's he an does alien.
1: That. Yes.
2: But he did that during the preseason. I'm mm-hmm. like, this, this dude, he's, he's a Terminator. What is, what is happening right now? You shouldn't have Terminators at receiver, but that's exactly what he is. <laughs>
1: but they need he to get the future. Uh, they need to get the yap and under control just a yeah, little bit. They
2: they got to call Skynet and do some troubleshooting and get him reprogrammed. <laughs>
1: yes. Cause um, there's,
2: there's, there's some, there's some, you know, some troubleshooting issues there,
1: but back to Pat Pete. Um, This is a cockamamie idea, but just bear with me for a second (laughs) because I spent too much time on social media today. I'm sorry. You and me both. I I am not trading two firsts and a third or whatever for Patrick Sertan. I'm not doing that because this team still has too many personnel holes that need to be filled over the next few years. Um, So I'm not doing that. And so let's throw that out the window. But let's acknowledge that the trade deadline is, depending on when you're listening to or viewing this podcast, the trade deadline is somewhat less than 48 hours away. It may be even 24 hours away, depending, again, on when you're consuming the sound of our voices. It would behoove the Steelers. I understand they just went out and picked the corner up off waivers, but you're still mm. trying to figure out what you may be able to get out of him. Did
2: we see much of Darius Rush in this game? Because I don't remember.
1: I don't really remember seeing any either. It was the James Pierre show for, and then Shandon Sullivan later. I um, thought James
2: Pierre quitted himself well, by the way. I,
1: very I early on, he yeah, he right. did. I think for the most part, especially given some yeah. of the issues I had with him in coverage last year. Yes, good He point. was
2: very not with Levi Wallace. I guess Which it's the so you can
1: describe it. But there's got to be for, another...
2: <laughs> for the record, before you go any further, before you go any further, what was the first text you got for me today in that group chat?
1: Um, you didn't even say Levi Wallace's name. I think you just said he's not being someone else in reference to No, but like the James very first Pierre. thing
2: I sent you earlier today. Like,
1: as, as, as of all like... All the way back.
2: Like the first thing you got for me when you like... I'm scrolling. All today.
1: I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. There's a couple scrolling. hours
2: before game time.
1: There's a lot of texts on our chain, if, if you can't tell. Um, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Now it's refreshing. I'm only back to 1.20 p.m. That's how many it was texts around are. On 11 our chain. I'll, I'll
2: okay, hold on.
1: hold on. Hold on, hold uh, on. Uh, 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 where'd it go? Oh, I went too far. Now I'm back on tonight. Here we go. Oh, it was the very first yeah. Levi Wallace inactive. Big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it right there. Levi Wallace inactive. Big eyes. Um,
2: I told you every time I see or hear Levi Wallace's name, the first person I think of is you. And I saw he was inactive. I was like, I gotta tell Chris.
1: Yep. And he was inactive. And who knows how much longer that'll be the case. I Look, I fully don't expect them to do anything on the at the trade deadline. I really don't. But Omar Khan has shown a little bit of propensity to try and wheel and deal and make things happen. I certainly don't think they're going to go out and make some kind of splash move for another corner. Um, but if they're going to make a move in the secondary, as far as, you know, throwing Darius Rush into the mix on the outside, while Pierre maybe plays some more inside, I don't know. I wouldn't object to putting Pat P on the back end of this defense until Minka Fitzpatrick is healthy. It gets him away from one-on-one coverages. Yeah, it gets him away from one-on-one coverages. It gets him away from trying to play all that man um, that they're going to ask him to play if he lines up in the slot. Uh, it's just a thought it, it, to, to try, and they're not going to do it because they get married to their personnel and they don't like making big changes, and that would be a big change by their by their accord. Um, but just just give it some consideration is all I'm saying. Give Pat P playing some free safety until Minka is healthy. Some consideration.
2: I like it in theory. Uh, then again, everything works in theory. The yeah. only issue I have with the thought of doing that is because you, you have Mika Fitzpatrick, whom you know, whose presence needs to be somewhat at least... You can't replace him, but it needs to be at least, you know, attempted to be somewhat filled right, in the passing game. But let's also remember you're going to need to fill his presence in the run game. He's still your leading tackler because he still has to play a very pivotal role in the run game because, once again, well, he's doing a lot of other people's jobs Yeah, in different scenarios. And it did not shine any brighter than against the Rams. He was making plays behind the line of scrimmage in the run game. He was getting behind the line of scrimmage in the pass game. He was doing a lot of different things and really affecting how the Rams were operating. And it was really important. Here's the part that scares me about your theory. I don't trust Patrick Peterson to make those same tackles that Minka makes. Yeah. He already proved to us today that he might not be capable because Evan Ingram was about as close to him as my cameras and my screen are to me. Mm -hmm. And somehow Evan Ingram not only got even with Pat P without Pat P touching him, He also got past Pat P with Pat P touching him and got many yards after he went past him. And my first thought was how were you trying to catch smoke? (laughs) Just he's right there. Just Just put your arms around him. I found myself reaching like just
1: Reach it's out. there. It's there. Just
2: grab it. It was like an AT&T commercial. Just reach out and touch someone. Just... That's like, what, the fourth or the fifth of the show?
1: Oh, Gen- at least. Gen X so, reference. Gen X reference, yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: just reach out and lay a hand. Pull at him like a bear if you have to. Just <laughs> do something. And it didn't happen. And I couldn't understand it. It There were well, uh, things I'm just like, did I miss the basic, like, Tenants of what we're supposed to see. Of
1: tackling, yeah. And well, that's that's the that's thing. the is, one is, problem I have with your theory. And that's the big problem. No, no, it's, it's fair to say that's a large problem. It's they a don't big have. Problem. They got bad tacklers in this secondary, aside from Minka. That's what it boils down to. Keanu Neal. I really like Keanu Neal because I like the way he's willing to try and lay some wood every once in a while up in the box. He's played linebacker before at times in his career. He's capable of that. I like that KZ is always trying to look to knock somebody out when he's playing with somebody else, when he's got somebody else playing center field, when the whole thing doesn't boil down to him trying to make the play, we're fine. That's the issue here is there is nobody else in this secondary that can make tackles and make turnover-worthy plays. Um, and that is... They're going to have to just settle for the fact that until Mink is healthy, they don't have that. I I
2: know this is kind of odd timing, but you mentioned the trade deadline. hmm And there is someone mm-hmm. who's already been moved before because his mm-hmm. previous team was unloading him to bring in a much better guy at his position. Mm-hmm. What if you brought that guy back? We oh. uh, used to wear number 34. Yeah, that a might... A lot better I mean, feeling that void when you have someone playing center field. Was really good against tight ends. Yeah, you know, that's
1: that's not a bad thought. If you Wouldn't could bring Terrell, Terrell Edmonds back think? around for like a, what, a fourth round pick maybe? A, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it would cost to get him. I don't know if Tennessee really has plans on, I didn't get to see if he was, how much he was out there and playing today. Uh, but that's, that's a, that's not a terrible idea. And look, if, if nothing else, if you do that, you've also got to remind Demonte KZ that if he's going to play a true free safety, he needs to be the guy who doesn't let anyone behind him. And he's not there. To try and light people up like a Christmas tree, or come up with a pick every time.
2: I just, I wish the trade deadline was after Thursday because if you're Mike Tomlin or something or somebody like on that side of the ball, it would have been a really nice like Sean Miller, TJ McConnell kind of conversation after the game. Yes. (laughs) Duquesne fans know what I mean. Yes. (laughs) It it would have been a nice little opportunity for that. No, no. But we unfortunately won't get there. Yeah. i just it, it would it would have been a nice thought, is all I'm
1: saying. Given the
2: situation, the way things are right now, I can have tell an you haven't. Scenario.
1: I can tell you haven't had that in your back pocket for years.
2: <laughs> in my defense, the season starts in a couple of weeks, so I'm trying to get myself into that mode because I got to call I, some games. So I get you,
1: you I get you. Once once Duquesne basketball scorned, always Duquesne basketball scorned. Forty um, five years in counting, baby. Yep, yep. It's <laughs> But I mean, it's it's Edmonds isn't a bad idea. I guess the 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 biggest point to take away here is this defense is going to be in a bad spot in the secondary without Minka. And what worries going me is, well, go, as long as Minka's not around, yeah. I don't um, know what <laughs> Oh, it wasn't. Yeah. You got a glimpse mm-hmm. of it today, right? And you got a glimpse and it's that was not the trailer. That was and the trailer. And get ready for the full length feature film on Thursday night. Cause Will Levis, he did not look like mayonnaise in the coffee boy no, on didn't. Sunday.
2: I, I, if I'm going to quote Paul Heyman, that's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. Yes. <laughs> so, and Oh yeah. By the way, the guy who threw, he threw three of those touchdowns too uh-huh. is a guy who's tortured you in years past. Particularly on Christmas Day. Hi, yeah. hello, Mister Hopkins. Yeah, and I don't mean Anthony.
1: Yeah, although he's a killer too. At
2: one yeah. point, he was in his career.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, Halloween's coming, so you know.
1: Yeah. Easy, easy points. Um, cheap heat, man. but cheap, it, very cheap heat. You, you
2: got you got to keep that in your back pocket because it's like, wait, that guy did that, and he threw to him.
1: That's That could be bad news. Bad, bad news on Thursday. Because here's the thing. And this is the one final note I'll make, and then we'll get ready to wrap it up. Um, actually, one more. Since you, real quick, before I get to the final note, you mentioned D-Hop and Tennessee and that whole thing. It is a direct kick to the testes of every football fan in Houston, Texas, over the yes. age of 30. Yes. That the Titans and the Adams family and Amy Adams Strunk, and I swear this is not my dad's side of the family talking, have taken the Love You Blue and the Oil Derricks and all that and taken it up to Nashville and tried to make it like it has some kind of history there. Yeah, that's the wrong team's
2: wearing that. That's not That fair. stuff
1: should be reserved for the Astrodome and the Astrodome only. And yeah. that is that, just... That's House of Pain level. That is football blasphemy. Anyway, uh, um one final point. That,
2: that's House of Pain and run and shoot, man. Come on.
1: Yeah. One on. final point is... With Minka out and Kenny out, you're going to see, the team you're going to see Thursday night against the Titans is the exact same team you saw in the second half today. You're gonna. Some people are gonna say, <sighs> "Give me Rudolph." I saw there was a Twitter poll someone put out. Who would I think it was? Pony put out. Who would you rather see start at quarterback on Thursday? I know who Chris 70- Hope voted for. Mason Rudolph. Yep. Chris voted
2: from Mason Rudolph.
1: And I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with Rudolph either. I don't just don't think it matters, to be quite honest. I don't think there's yeah. that big a difference. I think you actually saw the one benefit Trubisky has over Rudolph today, and that he had a couple of carries, yes. um, designed carries that picked up a, a first down in one instance. Here nor there. What you saw in the second half today is what you're going to see Thursday night against the Titans. And that's bad news, Bears. That is bad because Tennessee may have figured some things out with Will Levis, the quarterback. And if that is what you get from Tennessee on Thursday, then they may actually make Mike Vrabel look like a top five head coach in the NFL.
2: He might be by the end of the night because who knows what they might do. If they were able to do that, what they did today.
1: Yeah. I'll Thursday night. Bet. And and here's it. You can afford a loss. One loss in these three home games to Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Green Bay. You can't afford to. You you burned it, exactly. You can't afford to. You can't afford to lose Thursday night on a short week to Tennessee. This one and the New England game and the Arizona game, and I'll add the Indy game in as well, have to be the closest thing to Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock wins, as you have down the stretch, if you want to be a playoff team. You can't lose any of them. You, you got no more room for error on this little three game homestand or else you're yeah. going to be in a bad way going into Cleveland and Cincinnati at the end of the month.
2: Uh, but what have we seen from this team they' They don't seem to figure it out when it's supposed to be easy and you can't let, you can't keep them down when it's supposed to be hard. So
1: yeah, you're exactly right. Here we go. All right. Uh, we'll be back t- t- tomorrow, depending yep. on when you're listening to this uh, post Mike Tomlin press conference which is noon on Monday, not Tuesday this week because of the short week. We'll get you a, a Tomlin review uh, Tuesday at, or Monday afternoon. It's just baked into my DNA at this point. The Tomlins are Tuesday. Uh, but it'll be Monday afternoon. Uh, and then we'll continue to build up through the week to get you ready for Thursday night against Tennessee. Thanks to Greg Finley for producing. Thank to all of you for subscribing and listening and downloading and conversing with us, feeding back ratings and reviews. We appreciate Thanks to Josh Taylor for being with me. I'm Chris Mack, and you have been locked in, and we'll be again the rest of this week. Let's get braced for a Thursday night. Don't forget, special live post-game YouTube edition of 4th Down in the Steel City Thursday night, right here on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page and inside your Odyssey app. This has been 4th Down in the Steel City.